Hello and welcome to Challenge Talk, part of the Geocache Talk Network. We broadcast live on the first Tuesday, Thursday, did I say Tuesday? The first yeah. <laughs> Thursday of each month. Feel free to jump over to YouTube or Facebook to watch the broadcast live and join the wonderful and active chat room or listen to the entire show on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, we'll be chatting about how to hide challenge caches. And we also have prizes to give away each show to our listeners. Between each show, be sure to email your challenge cache finds to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and you could be a winner. And later in the show, we also play our special game exclusively for our live audience, The Wheel of Challenges. <laughs> So listen live, get your email app ready, and follow instructions for when the time comes so you can have a chance at winning the grand prize, a one-year membership to Project GC. Mm -hmm. We are your hosts, Emily and Jeff from Cash Online. Hello. And, well, I, so we always start off with a little bit of a, a, an icebreaker, and uh, so thought that maybe we could check in on the whole Wonders Souvenirs uh, new uh, promotion that has started up again. Yes, I am. I am happy that they have extended this, and I didn't even see it coming. Like they didn't end it when everyone maybe thought they sh it would at the end of the year. So, just being a little dense, I just thought it was going on, and I love this twist to it that we're exploring more and into space. And I have one. I have one stamp so far. I got a first to find yesterday after work and got my Ooh. first stamp. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So they've expanded it. It used to be just uh, wonders of the ancient and modern world. So human mm -hmm. constructions. And now we have wonders of the natural world and wonders of the solar system. And what I, what I kind of liked about doing these wonders is trying to find caches that were related to that specific souvenir, that particular one. Oh, and, uh, that's taking it to another level. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it'll be interesting trying to find caches that'll uh, somehow match, for example, stuff out in the solar system. Right. Oh, <laughs> but it'll that's be a good fun though. Challenge. Yeah, very yeah. good. Um, unfortunately, I'm pretty much already all the way except for one souvenir because I had a, a high count day last weekend <laughs> doing roadside. So I'm pretending not to count those and I want to find actual <laughs> caches that are related to the souvenirs. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <clears throat> so I like a, that it's a stamp in a passport. I love mm, that look. So yeah. And they even I'm all released about this the, challenge. Uh, yeah. And, and they released a new geocoin passport mm -hmm. with all of the, uh, the new souvenirs as well. Yeah. I had to buy that so, right away. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good way, I think, for them to help encourage people still to uh, find something new in the geocaching that they're doing. Yeah, it gives me a reason to look at geocaching in a different way. Not just find a geocache, but what geocaches can meet this souvenir challenge. And I think we've kind of moved past the whole uh, controversy of so many souvenirs now. Yes. <laughs> Especially for those challenges. Right. So we always start off with a little bit, or always continue with a little bit of an update on the current status of challenge uh, counts out in the geocaching world. And as of March 4th, today, mid-afternoon, the count, the number numbers have increased across the board uh, and some interesting changes. So active scripts, these are the, so according to Project GC, the active scripts that handle all of the challenge cache algorithms 
There are now 5,966, which is up 122 since last month. I'm trying to figure out how what, what kind of new scripts these writers are creating. <laughs> 122 new scripts? Haven't all the ideas somehow been created yet? I don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say, after the research I've done to prepare for this show, I feel very stunted in this world of scripts. I don't know nearly <laughs> as much as I thought I might have. And so you can just wonder about that, and I'll sit back and watch you wonder. <laughs> uh, so also for unique challenges, so these are conceptually the uh, different parameter sets. Uh, there are 35,424, which is up 684. That's a lot more than last month um, and the individual active tags that would be unique checkers by gc code there are 42,927 which is up 932 so it seems like there's been a whole lot of uh, cloning and copying challenges and that i am possible. understanding a little bit more <laughs> and we'll get into that later today too mm. Uh, so as for the active challenge count, we're getting a whole lot closer to uh, to having everything consistent now. So there are this month 30,599 active challenges by the challenge text search in the title. And there are seven more with an attribute with the challenge cash attribute. Just seven. That's so they're tight. Close. Yeah, yeah, that's tight. Good. All those owners are finally catching up. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, uh, just to catch up on some news over the past month, um, there has been a, an a, a fairly big update, I think, mm -hmm. to the official geocaching app. Uh, they have rolled out mobile statistics. So if you were to open your uh, official geocaching app, then tap on the profile tab you will now see right in the middle of the first option there should be statistics and if you were to tap on statistics you now have two tabs one that will show you your difficulty and terrain grid and a list of all of your milestones and at this point that's the only addition that they've they've added for statistics um but uh, i mean that's a helpful addition, I think. Yeah, and it, it it's attractive. It's got those new um, icons that they have for milestones that match their mm. new geocoins for milestones. Consistency you know, is a good thing. <laughs> consistency is a good thing. And I think that the more that's added to this app, the more the new folks who have only ever touched geocaching through the app will start to realize it. it um, exists in the world of geocaching mm. or could be a thing um mm. you know doesn't appeal to everyone but if you don't even know about it you don't know if it appeals to yeah. you yeah yeah and there, there's a whole lot of people who've who use the mobile apps and have never touched the website yes yes it's interesting yeah opens up a whole new world mm -hmm. uh so we also obviously have had a very very large space event <laughs> in february where the uh, Mars Perseverance rover has landed on Mars. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a milestone for geocaching where on Perseverance, there is a unique travel bug tracking code. So we have a travel bug on Mars. That's that wonderful. So I'm so cool. glad that geocaching slipped in 
on this. <laughs> How monumental mm. and big for geocaching to get our name out there too. And it's so tempting to want to call it Mars caching now. <laughs> but unfortunately, we cannot discover that travel bug just yet. The intent is that uh, once the, um, the, the Sherlock instrument with the Watson camera uh, takes a picture of the calibration target, which contains the travel bug itself, when we receive that photo, then we'll be able to discover that travel bug. Right. And HQ has that travel bug locked, so it's visible, but nobody can officially discover it yet. Yeah. And I think the last count, there were about 15,000, at least 15,000 people watching. Yes. Okay. We are, this public service <laughs> announcement is going out everywhere. Let us do it too. If you want a million emails at one moment, <laughs> keep it on your watch list. If you would like to spare your email inbox, take it off your watch list and just bookmark it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Because every, I think everybody thinks that we just want to see what happens with the travel bug, not thinking that they're going to get they're notifications going to... <laughs> of discover right. logs. As soon as that travel bug is unlocked, people are going to be flying in with all of the discover logs. And every time one person posts a discover log, 15,000 people get an email. Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> and if you think about how many people are watching and how many people are going to want to discover the travel bug, within the first maybe 10 minutes, there's probably going to be at least 500 to 1,000 logs. Right. So it's going to be one hurricane of emails. Yes, it will be. <laughs> this trackable number behind me, I didn't even think about it when I was doing my Worldwide CashCon interviews, how big Worldwide CashCon audience would be. And I was flooded with discoveries on that one. Oh, this Mars <laughs> rover trackable is going to be so much bigger of a response. Mm. Be be warned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we also just just recently this week had an update for the major events that have already been postponed to 2021. Now, the Geocaching HQ 20, 20th anniversary celebration event has also been postponed to 2022. We can't with... even have the legal age 21 year event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's... I kind of expected it. I was already making my plan B plans for the year, pretty much knowing that those would be postponed again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all knew it was coming. It was just a matter of it becoming official. Right. And then so that along with Geo Woodstock and the Going Ape Mega event that uh, gets everybody mm -hmm. going to the one of two live ape caches in, Se uh, in Seattle. No, is it in Seattle? It's it's close to Seattle. Um, I keep forgetting all the stuff that's just outside. <laughs> <laughs> Snoqualmie yeah, Pass. The ape cache is in. Yeah, Snoqualmie is in Seattle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Washington. Washington, not Seattle. Washington. <laughs> that's what Canadian Stop here. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> this month's topic is kind of a big one. Uh, there's only so much we can get through. Uh, so we're going to try to make it uh, qu quick and dirty to fit in. <laughs> right. <laughs> At least to for the for the first time to go over uh, some of the basic details about how to create a challenge cache. Um, we don't want to focus too much on how to create a geocache listing itself. It's right. more the the intricacies of um, coming up with and and uh, creating all of this all of all of the content that's required for a challenge specific cache. 
Yeah, and you know, I, like like we've said, this is my first one. I reviewed the guidelines before now. I thought I knew what it involved, but it involves many more things than at surface level that you would think about. So yeah, that's what we're going to go over today. Mm -hmm. So Emily has not hidden a challenge cache yet. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, come up with uh, a few steps that she has been able to uh, work into a process to create her first challenge cache. Can you talk about what you've done so far? Yeah, so I had to come up with what challenge is it going to be? And I could have gone with something big and common, fizzy, jasmine, something like that. I didn't really want to go that route. So my next idea came to me of cache types or cache icon types. I really had fun back before I had a lot of types getting those types and um, traveling to get a type or my first mega, my first giga. You know, I even, I went to um, the HQ block party. I can't remember what year, maybe 2011 or so. And I was actually slightly disappointed, even though it had its own icon, I didn't have a mega icon. <laughs> so I went to a mega event and didn't get a mega icon. So um, the ape cash event was actually my first mega on a different year that I went to the HQ block party. So I just remember the excitement I had of getting those icons. And over Labor Day weekend last year, I was able to do 13 icons in a day. So I stayed away from the in a day part there there's tricky rules around how many restricting what a person has to achieve in a certain amount of time. So I went with, uh, having to find a certain number of cash types. And then I had to decide how many could I, should I select? When you look at the challenge cash rules, it has to be reasonably attainable by people in your area. So I started looking up um, well-known geocachers in my area and seeing how many different cash types they had. I had anywhere from people, several people with 15 different cash types down to maybe only six or seven. And so what seemed to be a good number was 10. So that's what I landed on. My challenge is gonna be having found 10 different cache types. I learned that 12 cachers in my area meet that qualification. So another thing I did was reach out to my reviewer before I even confirmed that this was my decision to tell him I have 11 people or 12 people in my area plus myself who qualify for 10 cache types. Will this be uh, publishable? And he said, yes. And he also said, you know, remember all the other caveats of hiding challenge caches too. Um, so we'll talk about some of those as well. So that's the very first thing I had to do. What is my theme and can it be attained by a reasonable number of people, not just people who have to travel to attain it. And there's still plenty of people in my area who can work towards it and have a challenge on their hands. Yeah, and, and of all of the uh, challenge caches that I've seen that relate to the number of types. Um, like you said, there's the one that a number of types in one day, but um, even just getting 10 cache types, I mean, if, if, if you start requiring some of those rare event types, mm -hmm. then it does become a little more difficult. Right. People will need to plan ahead and look for, uh, look for those things and perhaps 
attend an event they've never attended before. Right. Like yeah, and we have a unique opportunity right now where people are awarded celebration events where a person can go to an event that seems like a nice local event, but it gets them a whole new icon. And maybe that's what tips them over the edge of being eligible for my challenge. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to be able to show, uh, I don't know how many people know about this, but there is a wiki, a geocaching wiki that Groundspeak has that uh, that all of the regional reviewers tend to use. Unfortunately, the wiki is currently down for maintenance. Oh, <laughs> so we can't show that. But I but... do remember when you were helping me with this topic, we looked up Oregon and there wasn't very much information for my area. So it may have everything you need or it may not. Right. So the URL is on display right now, wiki.groundspeak.com slash display slash GEO, which I believe it has to be capitals. I believe it's case sensitive. Um, and on that web page, there will be a link to all of the various regions. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you were saying about how you had to find a certain number of people who also qualify. And that the, the number of people to be reasonably, uh, reasonably doable, achievable, might be different from region to region. Yeah. So if you bookmark that wiki page and or the region that you belong, um, they, if it exists, that's up to your reviewers. Um, they may have a section for challenge caches, which out which could also outline little details like that. How many people you need to find other than yourself who also qualify for the challenge you're hoping to do. Mm -hmm. Another thing I did since I was doing cache types, I checked out what caches were in my area of some of the less um, popular types. And there is only one letterbox approximately 30 miles north of here. And that's the closest one currently. So I went ahead and I hit a new letterbox cache so that in our main population hub so that if the reviewer is going to look at that as well, he can see that the main population hub has a chance to get all of the typical cache types. So last week when I was hiding my challenge cache, the physical container, I also hit a letterbox and got that published last week. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was publishing one of my challenges that uh, had to do with DTs within certain counties, uh, again, to determine if it's reasonably attainable, um, had to find out how many of specific DTs were available. Mm -hmm. and for a couple of them, there were only no more than a handful, which means it could get pretty tough, especially if people had already found them or, or right. if, they, if, they could, right. if they get archived and whatnot. So it's always good to double check that not only are there people who already qualify, but that there are sufficient caches to actually be able to qualify if somebody were starting fresh or... Right, starting fresh or not having the hardship of traveling... Um, you know, I, I think it's all about, am I hiding something that my local community has no use for? Mm -hmm. They're trying to avoid that. Mm -hmm. um, so you had, first of all, so you've hidden a letterbox towards qualifying for your challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and have you hidden the container yet? I have hidden the container, yes. <laughs> That's always a good thing because there's too many people who uh, who create the listing and then they submit it for review. It gets published and then they disable it because they either forgot to hide <laughs> the container yet or they weren't ready or they didn't know. 
<sighs> I have to say, yes, sometimes when I go out for first defines, that is in the back of my mind until I find it. Has this actually <laughs> been hidden? <laughs> mm. uh, so you have your listing prepared. Um, yeah, I haven't done too much with my listing, you know, and I even just thought right now my um, GPS is in the other room. So I don't even have the coordinates with me <laughs> for the listing, but we don't, we don't need those. We can refine right. details later. I don't need yeah. my local cashers uh, pre-knowing the coordinates for this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, so the, the big step for the challenge cash uh, the, the one thing that every challenge cash now requires is that elusive challenge checker. Mm -hmm. um, Project GC was around long before these were acquired. And so they built up a whole database and, and all that to be able to create these checkers for people if they wanted to add them. Now it's required. So before you uh, publish your cash, before you send it for review, you need to make sure that you've got the checker HTML inserted into your a uh, cash listing and you haven't done that yet but you've looked you, you've taken the first steps to try to yes you know i was trying to find a checker that matched my challenge exactly i was running into several problems um when i was just using the search feature for challenge checkers i was finding more results than I could use and they were not what I was looking for. So I was, I really felt like I was um, looking for a needle in a haystack. Mm -hmm. And then most of the challenges I found or the checkers I found that would be somewhat close were for really old caches, pre-moratorium. So they weren't exactly what I was looking for either. They didn't, they would have allowed things that aren't allowable now. So the, I did finally find a pre-moratorium checker, but it is what I want now. It a, a lot of these challenges I found were for a different number of cash icons. And so I would have to request the checker to be edited to be just 10. So I finally found a checker that is just 10 icons and it includes most uh, every cash icon except for one the com new community celebration event and so that's the checker that i'm going to we're going to talk about what do we do with this checker that's almost right but not quite mm -hmm. so to roll back just a bit to make sure everybody's on the same page um at the beginning of the episodes we talk about things like the scripts the tags and the gc code so on project gc if you were to go to tools and challenge checkers it's a little obscured. Um, when that loads, one of the first things you'll want to do is to try to search for um, for a similar checker. So when we talk about things like, we explained what the script is. It's the unique uh, code that's used to generate any number of checkers, um, uh, depending on what people are looking for. The tag is that specific addition that assigns a script to a GC code. So mm -hmm. it's a, a unique link. Along with that link to a GC is, uh, in, uh, are the parameters that define uh, how the script works. So in your case, you were creating one that was searching for, uh, that was going to check that you've got fines for 10 different cache types. Mm -hmm. 
to speak uh, or, or to, to make it simple, there could be one script that checks somebody's statistics for uh, to, to determine um, how many different cache types somebody has. So the tag would say, I want to make sure that the person has at least 10 cache types. The value might change. So on one GC code, it might be 10 cache types. On another GC code, it might be 12. It might be five on another. So that's the difference between the values. One script, multiple tags for different GC codes. So if you were, what you were saying, you were trying to find a cache, trying to find a checker for the challenge that you were doing. The easiest way to create a challenge, the quickest and simplest way is just to clone a ta- uh, uh, an existing checker. Right. If you cl- clone it identically from one GC to another one, so it's tagged from the old GC to your own GC, everything will be exactly the same. So if you found one that was 12 cache types in order to qualify and you cloned that, for your GC, your checker would qualify if there were 12 cache types. Mm-hmm. So the, the challenge <laughs> comes in when you want to change those values. Um, it used to be that you could do that yourself, but that has been restricted uh, for some time now. And, and that makes you- sense because if you look at one of these checkers and you click view, is it view source? You're looking at all that HTML. That is really easy to mess up. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, not only that, I'm sure there's other reasons why they are limiting these to the approved script writers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you were to, for example, you were searching for cache types. So if we do a search for cache types, it'll pull up a number of similar. They could be pretty much anywhere. But uh, that's this is where you get the details. So it shows you basically each of the individual tags. So it'll tell you the, the, the GC code uh, for this particular tag. And then you can expand or show the tag configuration. So if you were to show that, this one is, one, uh, for example, 100 cache finds of five different cache types Mm -hmm. and you can see the parameters for that script in this one it's um uh i guess it's one one loop five different cache types with 100 finds per type and those are the parameters and that script could uh could be the basis for any number of challenges and there could be who knows how many challenges using this identical tag configuration for yours um see if there's anything that pops up looking like uh just a quantity of cache types yeah there there's so many <laughs> if you want i could give you the gc code that i think sure so <laughs> i the one i found and it's funny because this is one i've already claimed it's in oregon there's a a string of there's a, several places in oregon with a string of challenge caches and so this is one of them and um it is GC three E G T zero. So we can load up that particular checker and yeah. So we've got the DJ Bach challenge, 10 icons and the tag configuration shows uh, at least 10 different cache types, one fine per type. And that, that's the relevant content. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So I clicked view source and that's where I was able to see all the different cache types right there at the beginning of the script that are written in there and how I could also see that community celebrations were never added to this script. 
Mm. Right, so that's a good point. This, you wouldn't be able to use this script. So, yeah, I guess... Yeah. So if you were to... That first step, if you were to clone the tag and assign it to your own GC code, then your challenge would be identical to this. Right. You want to have the... Uh, community celebration as well. So you mm -hmm. wouldn't even be able to request to use this script with a different uh, cache type. Um, we need because... to request an edit to the script, correct? Right. Either an edit to the script or a new script. <laughs> and so the benefit to this is that the script writers who are volunteers, they don't get paid just like reviewers. Um, they, they know for the vast majority, they know the scripts. They know which ones exist. Um, they could also, they probably have some, like their own resources to, to uh, categorize and quickly find relevant scripts mm -hmm. and whatnot. So if you haven't found one checker yourself that would be useful, they might know if one already exists. So that might be out of your hands. That's irrelevant. At this point, what you would be wanting to do is go to the forum and make that request. And so if you were to go to the, uh, the Project GC forums, um, i trying to remember where the link was for that on here. Uh, well, the Project GC forum, there is a checker request topic. And this is the topic that you would want to go to to create well, a new topic. Um, and make that request. There is a read first post, which is obviously very important. It gives you a little bit of detail and instruction on how what, what the workflow is and how to go about um, requesting the checkers and assigning them to your, uh, your geocache listing. So that's something to look through. Uh, they, they also link to the guidelines for challenges uh, and Again, those are the general challenge caching guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, you'll you'll want to know any differences for your your local region. Um, and if you're unsure of that, you can always ask a reviewer, your local reviewer, and they should hopefully help you. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, when you make that request, basically explain what you want. You uh, provide the GC code for the cache listing that you've created and then explain what you're looking for. And, and, and that code's needed because they build that code into the script somehow, right? Right. So, so the cache page if, has to be created, even though they're not going to look at the cache page, they need that information. Yeah. So if you remember looking at the, uh, the checker for that, um, that one, what was the GC code again? Let's see. <laughs> it was. GC three EGT zero. Uh, the URL for that Becker, we'll drop it into onto the display, uh, includes the GC code and the structure of that. Th this is where the information comes in handy because the structure of the URL. There's the GC code that's that this particular checker is assigned to, and that number at the end is uh, essentially the tag. Like this, it's more it's an identifier that this link to this GC code is showing this checker. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that's why it's important that you don't just copy somebody else's code and stick it into your listing. You want to clone it or recreate it for your own GC code. Um, that is listed in the uh, the read first. Um, the All right, we need to we need to check something. Uh, we have BMARS seventy three ninety one saying this checker does show community celebration caches. So let's look at that. Did I miss it this whole time? <laughs> three, okay. Oops. Let me load up the source again. Oops. So we've got. Ah, these. I think I might see what's being said here. Oh, oh. Right. I think this is a, a technicality, if I recall. So it has to do with ground speak and community celebrations and how they're not excluding folks who didn't get them for the 10 year anniversary. So the way they renamed things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, as I recall, the uh, lost and found celebrations, that was another anniversary celebration event type that they created quite a while back. They essentially rebranded the lost and found celebration to a community celebration. I believe that's correct. All so right. that's I, so I'll have to look at something else too, because I made a list and my list was one number off from this list of the type of challenge or cash types there are. So it's still one short. I haven't looked through the list, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it doesn't stay. There's nothing else that's. I'm looking at my list and bench benchmark is there. That's and you know that's type, interesting but. because benchmarks are not allowable. Benchmarks and lab caches are not available allowable for this type of challenge. Well, then that's interesting because if they if this script is allowing benchmarks as qualifiers, then I'm interesting. We don't typically look at the scripts of the challenge checkers <laughs> because they can get pretty <laughs> complex. But uh, I mean, at least it gives you an idea of what's going into the script, because in this case, again, being a, a relatively simple script, it's just looking for 10 types. So you think those are cache types. Again, if you view the source, it's not just cache types. There's benchmarks as well. Right. And, you know, I kind of had that thought. Um, I didn't bring it up for the show, but here it is. Why is benchmark in that script? Mm -hmm. um, again, this is an older cache. So yeah, let me see. Yeah. I'm, yes, this is an older cache. So I don't know if that would have been allowable back then. And yeah. it's not now. Yeah, so the pre-moratorium rules may have allowed that, mm -hmm. but now they don't. And that could also be, explain why there's no adventure lab. Um, I think there are some challenge concepts that do allow adventure lab finds, counts in there. Um, but uh, yeah, again, in this particular case, this script is old. So maybe there's a newer one that does exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. In any case, you could, in theory, use this script if you knew what that missing cash type was. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was community celebration. So I'll just have to look at that list again, compare everything. Yeah. Um, okay, so what is your next step? 
Well, I have to create a cash page so that I have that GC number. And then I have to, when this script is written, and when I finally get it just right, that I have a script writer confirm it's what I'm looking for, the requirements are that this is included in the cash page. And, and this is one of the things that my reviewer wrote back to me. It absolutely requires a checker. So my cash would not get published without it, as well as somewhere in the title, I have to have the word challenge. So those are my two main things as I am writing up my cash page that I absolutely have to include. Yeah. So uh, basically what essentially would happen is, uh, well, you would have to go to the forum <laughs> right. and post that new topic to make the request for the tag um, and then wait for a response. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they do, uh, let's see if we can bring in an existing one that has been completed. Uh, nope, that's not a good one. Uh, waiting feedback. And I'm really glad we're we're walking through this process. And I hope this can be helpful to some folks because as I was trying to find my way through this, um, I definitely wanted to ask for a lot of help. So I hope that this helps um, others who haven't had their first challenge yet. It's slightly daunting, but I know it's going to get easier as I do more and more challenge hides. It's just doing something that is so has so many more steps than just a regular cash hide and a regular cash page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we can see quite a, yeah so uh there are other threads i mean it, this could also give you other ideas for challenges as well scrolling mm-hmm. through this challenge checker request thread or uh form so uh they would post post your details requesting either a new script or a tag uh and then one of the volunteer checkers will essentially at some point respond providing you the url the link to your checker um as the owner of the checker, you would be able to, um, uh, let me get this right. This one. That's all. I think, okay. So I think this is because the cache hasn't been published yet. So project GC hasn't loaded the GC code data. So forgetting that, um, you would then be able to, well, once it's published, <laughs> grab the source code for that checker to be able to paste into your cache listing. Right. And Project GC has um, some helpful hints on that as well. I think it's in their FAQs, uh, but I'm not exactly sure. But I ran across that. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing, hiding a cache page. When you go to the cache page builder tool, it defaults to a very simple tool and you have to change it to write your cache page in HTML um, so that you can paste this checker in. And that could be daunting for some folks who have never done that. Um, I usually do that with my hide so that I can add in some pictures, um, a link to our local geocaching group, things like that. Um, so it's very easy for me, but it's because I've been doing that for years. So that could be another challenge for someone who's never done that before. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, those little details are uh, things that you, you pick up <laughs> the more that you do them. Right. Um, uh, I can actually load in one of the checkers for the Iron Man Bingo Challenge. And so, um, so here they've been created to, uh, um, so somebody else created this, retagged another existing checker, uh, and then created the parameters for that one particular square in the grid. Um, yeah. <laughs> So the next steps, once you've got the HTML, uh, I remember what I was going to do. Load up, nope. Where is the GC code? As you're looking, I'll say another thing that I use to search for challenges that might have matched mine other than just searching by with a keyword or two because that I felt like I was getting a lot of results that didn't even apply to what I was looking for. I went to the map view of challenge caches and I searched by certain states. I thought of states that I knew were very active in geocaching and I searched by keyword in that state and then caches popped up on the map and I was able to hover over them, see what the title was, see if it was even close to what I was looking for. Um, so that was another way other than just searching by keyword. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily more effective, but <laughs> it was, it felt like I was filtering out a few more caches that I wasn't, um, that weren't meeting my needs versus the list search. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finding a challenge that matches what you're looking for can be a tough call. Yeah, all those numbers we go over at the beginning of the show, you know, that's the number <laughs> of scripts I was searching through to find mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted. And I still didn't. Yeah. So like you were saying, you'd, you'd open up the source because what you get is the HTML code for the checker. Mm -hmm. uh, so you would have to go to view source and then paste that into the location of your listing that you would want. Um, and you can adjust that if you want to. Um, you can, you can, there are various parameters. You can change the display of it, but, uh, that will show up in your listing and you have to have that. Right. Um, and you can also remember that when viewing a listing, if you've got special add-ons, browser add-ons, the project GC browser script will add that little challenge checker section on the sidebar. Right. Which lists all of the checkers that are tagged for your GC code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I've found I've come across quite a number of challenges that uh, there's only one checker, but there are multiple checkers in that section. Like there's That's one so interesting. That cache, yeah, the cache owner has created it, but this is one reason why in their read first, one of their guidelines is do not just copy somebody else's checker code because the GC code won't match. Right. And right. that could be one reason why there could be multiple checkers listed in that sidebar because there's there could be any number of checkers assigned to that GC code but used somewhere else. So it, it can get kind of messy, kind of confusing. Yeah. Now there's a whole um, conversation going on in our chat right now about rating challenge caches. So I have to come up with that too. <laughs> and, you know, I am a believer that the difficulty, although this could be very subjective, is on how hard is it 
to accomplish this challenge. Mm -hmm. And then the terrain is the real terrain of the hide. Yeah. So that's the way that I plan on rating my cash. And I'll take tips. Yeah. What what do people think a 10 <laughs> cash, uh, 10 icon achievement should be rated? I don't think it's that hard, but to a newbie, it could seem like mind blowing. And, oh, wow, I'm actually going to have to go find that multi-cash now that I've been <laughs> avoiding. And I'm going to have to actually solve a puzzle that I didn't want to do. Um, mm. So. Uh, yeah. And there was also this, this trend. Yeah, and there was this trend a long time ago with challenge caches, very difficult ones, being rated five fives, five right. difficulty and five terrain. Right. When they're a lamp post, like you've you've qualified for the challenge, and now you go to find that five five challenge, which is a lamp post. Uh, like it's in an LFPC, it's just it's really simple. Right. Um, these days, I think I I think there might still be some people who publish uh, simple challenge caches where the challenge is hard. The terrain is easy, but still rate it really high on both D and T. Um, but I think it's getting a little better now that the difficulty, like you said, the difficulty is related to the challenge and the terrain is related to that specific geocache. Right. Well, Memphis so Mafia even put in the one. chat that that's the rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when it comes to something like that, I would prefer to see a five, one, five difficulty, one terrain as well. Um, the way I look at it is if you like when you're doing a challenge, you're finding all of the geocaches to qualify for it. You're earning those individual difficulty and terrain ratings already. Mm -hmm. And there's like no way all... I can know how hard someone made it on themselves. So it's more of me thinking through if maybe someone was starting from scratch, they probably already had their traditional because somehow they got into geocaching. And then what else are they going to have to do? Solve that first puzzle, find that first multi, wait for the first event to publish so they can go, especially during pandemic, you know, um, are there even events in their area? So that's the thing that I'm going to have to think through. What might it be like to finally get to 10 if you're starting from one? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it used to be that you could make the argument that, uh, that the difficulty and terrain should be rated um, for the hardest qualifier. So that's another one of the reasons why 5-5 five, five challenges existed when the final was a, a, an LPC, was because really you would have to work, in order to find and log that challenge, you would have to accomplish a 5 difficulty and 5 terrain. If those were if those were qualifying caches for that challenge, mm -hmm. then you would have to work yourself up to and accomplish a five five in order to qualify for the challenge, which is why the ratings would be could be rated that high. Right, right. But um, I, I yeah, the the general consensus I think over time has led to no, the terrain should be for the geocache the specific geocache listing. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is more. I mean, the difficulty could be related to uh, the amount of work to determine which caches are qualifiers that can be hard in itself to, uh, to just actually qualifying, like getting and finding those caches. Um, whereas you are earning those individual DTs for all those qualifiers, the difficulty and terrain are still specifically rated to that challenge cache. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And something we <laughs> haven't said yet is this cache type is unknown. It, that is also mm. rule two. I'm not hiding a traditional cache, even though it's a traditional walk up and sign the log container. Yeah, it needs to be a mystery or unknown cache. Um, 
the, the way to think about that is uh, all the other cache types have specific uh, requirements, specific definitions. Mm-hmm. The, the unknown has generally been a catch-all for anything that doesn't fit into those other cache types, mm-hmm. um, which is why there could be any number of different experiences that don't line up specific, they don't fall into a cache type category. So challenge caches have to be qualified as an unknown cache type. Right. Um, you know, I'm seeing a little bit more chatter as, as well in our chat room saying some people like a challenge final to be easy. Some like a challenge final to be a challenge. You know, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle and I did take that into account when I was hiding this cache. I, I, I took into account the location of the cache on the map because I was thinking of people who travel through a lot of people. I live, um, where 101, the highway coast travel uh, goes through our town. And so I know a lot of people travel that. And, um, when I travel, I look for challenges that I might qualify for. So I wanted it to be relatively accessible off of Highway 101, but I didn't want it to be pull off and grab this lamppost or guardrail cache. I wanted it right. to feel like, okay, not so hard, but I didn't just lift a skirt for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, quads in the mud has made a good point as well. You realize a local who has been caching for a while could have real trouble if you if with your cache if you if they found most of the more rare types before, so they can find it one day. So. What? Well, are you thinking I'm not doing all cash types in one day? That's right. just something that I recently accomplished that made me again excited about cash types. So this one is anyone who has found 10 different types. So if it's yeah. an older cashier, um, they don't they might not have to do anything new at all. They might be instantly qualified for this. Or in my case, I noticed a number of older cashers in my area who just aren't prolific at going to different types of events. And maybe that's all they have to do to, um, or find their first webcam, which there are still a decent number in my state. So um, that's why I did not make it for one day. Right, and and the point um, in that comment is uh, one of the reasons why post moratorium, some of the rules have been uh, altered the way that they have been, because as implied by the comment, people who have already found caches can't find them again in order to qualify. And Groundspeak does not want geocaching to exclude people. Right. So the best kind of challenges that have, or the challenge concepts that have the best chance of going through are the ones that are additive. So uh, no matter when you've started or how many caches you found, um, your caching history all applies. It can mm-hmm. all apply. So if you've already found right. caches, it can apply to the challenge potentially as a qualifier. Right. And even challenges that are time based, they have time limits so that people aren't going crazy with you have to streak for 15 years and then you can find this cache, you know, so <laughs> just as an extreme example, but um, there are some exceptions, but those exceptions have limitations. Mm-hmm. And so another thing that that came to mind as well when you're talking about rating difficulty and terrain, um, it's also, I mean, just just like rating difficulty and terrain for a certain uh, type of cache that, or a, a style of hide, um, it's it's also going to be relative to your local region. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some, some places, uh, for example, in Southern Ontario, we have, I don't know how many potential fizzy loops we could find all just within our little area. 
of Ontario. And so it the difficulty for a high, like a 10 fizzy loop challenge might be lower here than it is somewhere where there's not nearly as widespread a number of DTs. Right. Um, and then when it comes to things like terrain, same sort of thing for one, one person's terrain form might be another's terrain too. <laughs> so there's always going to be, like I said, a level of subjectivity in trying to decide a difficulty in terrain. And you're just going to have to decide as the cash owner, what you think is reasonable for your own region, for yourself, for your community, and just go with that. Mm-hmm. As a cash finder, I mean, we, we always have to deal with that. When you look at a DT and you're in a, an area that you've never been before, you don't necessarily know what that could mean. <laughs> right, right. As people travel, you can see that other regions have their own definitions. Mm-hmm. Just cult, it's, I, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. And I think there's there's obviously a, a reasonable uh, range. Like you, you can kind of have an idea of what a three terrain might entail. Mm-hmm. It could be plus or minus one or two stars. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. When I was hiding that letterbox cache, I actually ended up hiding two that day. I came upon a spot that I couldn't resist hiding a cache. So I hid my letterbox <laughs> plus that one. And I there's a tool that you can use as you're building a cache page. It's a, it's a link to a tool that can help you pick the terrain rating or the difficulty rating. And even using that tool, I wasn't comfortable with my results. <laughs> so I still <laughs> altered it based on what can I give a person a reasonable expectation of what they're going to do here. And the tool suggested something that was just a little too easy. Um, I would not agree. Someone with a bad knee would not like my cash being rated a little too easy, you know, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very cultural, I think. Yeah. Uh, One more thing I want to say about this cash page that I plan to build is somebody learns about challenge caches for the first time somehow. And, and I don't know if that's going to be my cash page or not. And so I want to have on my cash page, at least a mini explanation of what can you do with this cash? I am geocaching. I am new. I don't meet these challenges. I don't have to just throw this opportunity away. Here's how I have my permission to go find it, sign the log and track my progress and come back later. So I'm going to include a little bit of that education, nothing too extensive, but if you encounter this cache, yes, by all means, please still find it. And here's what to do if you don't qualify. Yeah, it's good to include a little bit of uh, of guidance for people who don't necessarily know know what they're looking at just yet. Yeah, um, it's likely mine is not going to be the first people read, but it very well could be. So I'm just going to, I was was thinking about that and I will probably do that with any challenge cash I hide. Mm-hmm. And that also raises another good point as well. I think a lot of people think, let's make a challenge that is is fun and challenging and difficult, but the more we do that, you know, the longer people play, the bigger their stats get. So hard challenges are going to get harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. We can't leave new people behind. Right. If they're just starting out, are there any challenges that could entice them that they could actually have the success of qualifying? Absolutely. And, you know, I even thought about that as I was finding other checkers that were for 11 types or 12 types. And I thought, okay, there's enough. I could probably increase this from 10 to 11 to 12. But I, I did have this relevant, not relevant, relative point of wanting to stop for that reason. You know, yes, certain number of people in my area are going to immediately qualify. 
but I'm not necessarily hiding it exclusively for them. So I'm hiding it for them. I'm hiding it for travelers. I'm hiding it for newbies to have something to work towards. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Memphis says it sure would be boring if every cache was easy enough for everyone to get <laughs> completely agree, <laughs> which is why yeah. I like when, when cash owners create, uh, for example, bronze, silver, and gold. Like three different right, 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 right. Yes, so it's I exactly do like the that same too. Concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like but a little exactly bit harder. Same, work your way up. Exactly. Yeah. I and like that can, too. There's more success. It even gives you three new caches to find. If you mm -hmm. already qualify, you've got three. You've got three. Fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, then at least you know it's like you're you're promoting yourself in rank. <laughs> it's not like well. You know, you could have those extreme ones where you've got to have uh, pre-moratorium at least, say, three consecutive years of fines. Like, what? Are you kidding me? That's just ridiculous. Right. Um, but if you had, like, platinum was uh, was three years and then gold two, maybe one year, and then uh, maybe a six-month streak was bronze or easy, mm -hmm. then, you know, at least as you're going along, there's another one you can find as you're getting, and then there's right. still something more to reach for as time. Yes, this string of challenges even has a, on a different angle on that twenty or ten percent of U.S. states, twenty percent, thirty percent, forty percent, or no, I'm sorry, ten, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, and fifty levels. So yeah, there's all kinds of ways to include the newbie and or the less traveled or whatever the statistic might be, and also give the hardcore <laughs> lots more fines <laughs> to qualify yeah. for and and it, it kind of flows into souvenirs as well because that discussion has come up where uh with some of these promotions um hq has put out um, um surveys after the events to find mm -hmm. out what people thought and there's always going to be people on the high end of uh, statistical accomplishments who are like this is way too easy i, I right. earned all the souvenirs in two days you know and uh so it's the same kind of thing could apply there where um, there could be souvenirs that require a much higher level of involvement and effort to earn them. Um, whether HQ does that or not, I mean, that's entirely up to them. I think they've toyed around with doing things like tiered uh, souvenir earnings. Um, but generally speaking, the souvenirs have been intended to be much more uh, reasonable within reach accessible for the general. Yeah. Community. And it's I'll tell you, even, you know, the wonders of the world is kind of a spinoff on mystery at the museum. And that was the first of its type with those mm -hmm. um, new digital uh, icons connected to them generated at a ground speak just for the promotion. Mm -hmm. And when that came out, it was too hard for me. I am cashed <laughs> out of my area and they had a giant expectation of how many you needed to find. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not generally very negative, but I gave feedback on that challenge, like not as well as I wasn't able to see what icons caches had. So I couldn't plan. Mm -hmm. I had to plan to leave my area for any bit of accomplishment on that challenge. And I couldn't even plan that. And so, you know, they obviously took that into consideration and they created a challenge that's very similar and also edited to be mm -hmm. a different angle. And then it got even simpler with a pandemic, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's nice that they have extended that date because it gives a, lo a lot more people if they need to time to travel or drive a greater distance to find them and stuff. So, right. um, yeah, much more acceptable, uh, accessible now 
so you are now what's your what's your next or final step for your listing? Um I'm not sure. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> so you you've you need to request and then so you you, you know you have to create your listing still. Right? I do have to create my listing yeah. so that when I request a change in the forums, I can include that GC code. Yeah. So once you've got that listing, you send the GC code with request to Project GC. Wait for the response because they will create and link to your checker as long as it's all allowed. And then you'll be able to copy that HTML into your checker and then or into your listing. And then from that point, it's just finishing off with your right. And that listing doesn't have to be complete. Listing. All I have to do is create it enough to get that GC code assigned. And that happens pretty immediately. And then I can submit that request with that GC code. And in the meantime, while I'm doing that waiting, perfect my cash page. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you go about uh, determining people who qual enough people who qualified for your challenge? So I literally did old fashioned bookkeeping, <laughs> like <laughs> pre-moratorium geocaches. And I just looked up people I knew and I counted their cache types from their profile page and made myself a list. And that's how I knew my number. And when I talked to my reviewer, when I emailed him, the only thing I did I included was there are 11 people, excuse me, 12 people in this area that qualify. And, but I kept that list. So in case when I finally submit it and he asked me for my, I don't know if he'll ask me for more details, but I've got that list saved in case mm -hmm. he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Hollis Bidolis has just said that uh, with only 600 finds, they're grateful for easier goals. Some of those bronze, silver, and gold types. Good. Exactly. Good, good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I remember what there was one uh, challenge that I created that uh, bookkeeping for that would have been ridiculous. So I got the checker created first, but then had to run other people's names through the checker to find. Ah, uh, okay, right. And my so, my check was so much more simpler than that. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. And Memphis asked if I'll give an update once I publish this challenge. Yes, because I think there's definitely more things to show you guys once these steps are done. It's just you can't I guess this show shows you that you can't just sit down and do everything you need to after you hide it out there in the wild. You can't just come home and submit a cash page an hour later. Um, right. There are very specific steps to Hiding a yeah, challenge it, cache. It's a little more work, but there's so much more reward with it as well. Exactly. As there's reward. It's some excitement in the in the geo community. It's mm. it's stretching for me as a cache owner. And I'm going to be so much more satisfied learning something new and ready to go with my next challenge. I, I, I This has me thinking about all the next things I want to do for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, like Jinxer said, uh, my challenges I'm working on list is huge. I, I have that as well. <laughs> I've got yes. one for challenges I may never complete, ones that are nearing completion. And then I've got a list for uh, challenges that I've signed but not qualified for. Mm -hmm. um, that way, I, I can essentially ignore those ones but because uh, um, I've already found them. Uh, but then I'll know that once I qualify, I can just log it as found. Right. Know? I'm going to tell you guys a story. I traveled last month and I had, there was an old challenge I wanted to qualify for. It was something to the effect of cities around here. And you have to find a cache in each of the cities listed on the cache page. And 
so um, I had about half. So that meant that while I was visiting my parents, we had to get to, to some very specific places and that was fun. And when I went back and on the day before I left, and so I was flying out early the next morning, I was logging all my caches and I had a gigantic uh-oh moment because I DNF'd a cache in one of the towns and I never thought to get another cache in that town. And I know I was confused because the cache I targeted was a challenge cache. So my brain was just thinking, oh shoot, I didn't find this challenge cache physical container. Oh well. And I forgot that I found this cache in this town to do for the reason of it was in that town. So now I have to wait until I visit my parents again. There was not enough time in my trip before catching my flight to go to that town out of the way, opposite direction of the airport. So these things happen. And now that cash is still on my to-do list, signed log, but cannot claim it. <laughs> yeah, those rare qualifiers, you almost always have to try to find some kind of backup just yes. in case. Yes, and, and remind yourself <laughs> to <laughs> pay attention and do your backup work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure that this topic is going to generate a number of other questions as well. So as usual, if you do have any questions, then please do email us at challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com and we can uh, answer them in a future show, a future episode. Right, right. This this show might give us a whole nother show worth of questions. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, everyone, go out, do this process with me. And as you're doing it, what are you running into and need help with, need clarification with, want to give observations that we didn't even talk about tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as usual, when it comes to official things like rules and guidelines, then reviewers will be happy to help as well. Mm -hmm. um, we're not reviewers. <laughs> <laughs> we can't review your challenge cash, but uh, we, we could give input and stuff. So if you have any questions, then be sure to email challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com. So if we are, we are now over an hour, so let's get moving to our games. Let's do Time. games. I love games. Time. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Time for the wheel of challenges. <laughs> I, I just love saying that. It's wonderful. <laughs> you do a good job. <laughs> so one live viewer each month will be selected to face off against the wheel and have a chance to win the grand prize, which is a one-year membership to Project GC. To enter... You will need to send an email with a subject containing spin me followed by, that's not the right pop-up. That's the pop-up. <laughs> uh, followed by your geocaching username and include the answer to a fo this following question. So if you've got your email open, get ready. The question is... What's the name of the rover on Mars? I should clarify. The latest rover on Mars. Right. <laughs> the one that is all abuzz in geocaching news. Um, and then, yeah, we'll watch those emails roll in. And whoever gets the first correct answer will face off against the wheel. Your username. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I am so curious. Who is going to be first to log that travel bug <laughs> can you imagine i like i don't know and probably technology is gonna the speed of somebody's internet is gonna play a part in that too 
<laughs> I, yeah, I think that uh, there might even be somebody who might just have on a bot an automatic right. oh, to load no it. Doubt. And then as soon as There's it's unlocked. Doing that, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have the first correct answer in, and it's from Gary of the GBs. All right, Gary. The answer is, I didn't say correct spelling. It's Perseverance. <laughs> Perseverance with an A. <laughs> I did the and same Gary, thing. Gary, we know that you are a huge <laughs> challenge lover. So I am very curious what challenge we're going to get here on the wheel. And if you qualify, I'm going to bet that yes, you do. So let's see. Actually, uh, need the username as well. The username needs to be included because we need to uh -oh. put that into the checker. Uh-oh. What does that and mean? That that is part of the instructions, followed by your geocaching username. And it looks like, well, the next up with all of the information would be runner cacher. All right. Oh, sorry, Gary. <laughs> technicalities, technicalities. Play again next month so I can bet on you again. <laughs> well, let's see what is coming up this time. Oh, it's a one and a half difficulty. The numbers blue GC5 ribbon challenge. Numbers, the blue ribbon challenge. I can't even tell by that GC code number if this is new or old. 2015. Old. That would be old. So this one is in Montgomery, Ohio in the U.S. by Geocat. Published 2015. Um... In order to log this cache as a find, you must find and log 10 caches with favorite points that add up to at least 3,500. So, of your basically, of your top 10, um, top 10 favorited caches that you found, the total needs to be at least 3,500. Okay, I've encountered points. other caches like that before. And now, again, being old, there's no checker in the listing, but with the add-on, the browser add-on from Project GC, there is a checker that exists for it. So we can load that up. And Runner Cacher probably already knows. <laughs> so you'd put, put the name in and select it and run checker. Boom! All right. Runner fulfills. <laughs> yep. And what the highest, highest, oh, interesting. So the highest favorited cache that Runner Cacher has found is in Hawaii. Mm. I'm, I'm assuming that's Hawaii. Good guess. <laughs> uh, with 710 favorite points. Nice. Good. All right. This is one of yeah. those caches that really help if you have found a very popular tour spot or the original stash or the ape cache or H HQ. HQ. Yeah. yeah. You, you can pretty much qualify with the top three or four finds. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to Runner Cacher for winning that spin. Um, that is a full month, a full year of Project GC membership. Congratulations. Yay. Our next little game we like to do is to highlight a number of, uh, challenge, interesting challenge caches that people have sent in and qualified for in the past month. Every month we give a congratulatory shout out to listeners who email us proof of qualifying and logging. That's the operative word, a challenge cache since the last show. And anyone who sends an email to challengetalkpodcast at gmail.com with the challenge cash GC code. And if you want a photo to share uh, for that month, you'll be entered for the prize giveaway. And the prize we have 
challenge talk geocoins. Do you have one with you? I do. Oh, they're way over there. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great oh, coin. There we go. Oh, 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 there's the big one. <laughs> it's a lovely coin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we have a number. We always have a bunch of people who uh, send in their uh, their qualify qualifiers for the past month. I'm so and glad. I love hearing about what people have accomplished. Yeah, unique ideas, interesting, challenging. Whether they're easy or hard doesn't matter as long as it's right. interesting. That's what it's I a love. challenge. Yeah. So first of all, we have one from Bloody Cool who sent in GC8GTAZ or Z. Nine icons in double digits travelers challenge. This one is post moratorium. So it's got the new rules. And the challenge is to find at least 10 caches of nine different cache types, not including traditionals. There you go. Mm -hmm. Making it that that definitely makes it harder. Yeah, I like that twist because especially with the number of cache types uh, that now requires pseudo events. Mm -hmm. uh, pro for, for most people, pseudo events will be the next, uh, the next most common because um, events are already in there. I think below that you get into mega events and giga mm -hmm. events and the extremely rare ones. Right. So not you could either do 10 types with traditionals, but everybody's going to have traditionals. <laughs> so I thought it was a yeah, neat, interesting little yeah. twist. Good. Uh, next up, we have GC85KDH8, Eager Beaver, monthly, February 28th, Challenge Edition. All so right. By Rich Reagan. This one is pre-moratorium in California. Uh, the objective is to find at least one cache on the first day it was found or the day following the first day it was found by anyone for every unique day of February for non-leap years. That what? sounds complicated. <laughs> <laughs> in, in simplified terms, you it's think like an eager beaver. It's not the FTF. It's a new, like a, a new cache, but you found it the day that it was found, first found, or the day after it was first found. So you it's you are not the FTF. Right. But you found it right after the FTF. Interesting. I've never seen that one before. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's not it doesn't mean that you have to be second to find or third to find. It's mm -hmm. it's it's based on It's dates. about when you find it. Right. So if the uh, if it was found on there's some examples here. If it was, well, there's a whole bunch of examples. If it was found on February 4th and you found it as well on February 4th, that would be a qualify. If you found it on February 5th, that would also be a qualify. So the order of logs doesn't matter. It's just the first find date and you have to find that cache on that date or the next date. For and does February day, 28th play a part into this? Every, so all the dates of February. All so the it doesn't dates include of February. Doesn't, okay. Yeah. doesn't include February 29th. But you have to have a qualified find like that for each date of February. So February first would mean you would find you would have found a cache on February first where that cache was found February first or March thirty or January thirty first. If that makes sense. Yes. I'd have <laughs> to eager. really ponder it. <laughs> <You're gonna laughs> if I was gonna caches. go after it. <laughs> yeah. 
Does this have also, a checker? Did anyone ever make a checker for this one? <laughs> this one, it should. Um, it is a post moratorium, but there isn't a picture for it. Well, that's interesting. Oh no, it's pre moratorium. Never mind. Ah, why did I did I say twenty nine? I, I don't know what day, what year I said. Two thousand fifteen. So it's pre moratorium. Pre moratorium. That's why there's no checker. Yeah, it was the last one. Um, yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, there's no checker for it. And nobody created a checker for it yet either. So mm -hmm. th this is a bookkeeping one. You've got to keep track of your own fines and then, oh, yes, this qualifies. Mark it down. <clears throat> uh, so next up, we have one from Just Finding Our Way. And it is GC8PQ23. The Gadsden Purchase Challenge. Mm. This one is a four difficulty, uh, hidden tw 2020 in Arizona. And it's not a crazy difficult or complex challenge, but it requires traveling. Okay. And it, it's, it's simple in the sense that the, you, in order to qualify, you need to have found at least five caches in the seven Arizona and four New Mexico counties. Okay. But the twist is, or the, the theme is, which have land that was in the Gadsden Purchase. So I like this one because it's not just a statistical challenge. Right. It actually has a theme, has a story behind it. And what makes it allowable in current guidelines is that counties are a definable area. Right. They are, they're defined in Project GC. Uh, so any, any fines within those counties will be tracked and counted for challenge caches, for checkers. So it's allowable by HQ. And... It was sent in by just finding our way, and he said that he had already, like, he lives in the area, I guess, so he'd already found in a handful of those counties hundreds of fines, but mm -hmm. his miss only had a handful in a couple of counties. So he, had, he went on a 720-mile, 29-hour road trip just to go to a couple of those counties that he's only got three or four fines in. And that is what <laughs> geocachers do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yep. I can uh, relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he says he got a bit of education along the way and and snagged a the Twonky path tag out at the last cache. Uh, Very to the nice. Challenge. The Twonky was the winner of uh, last month's, I believe it was the um, the monthly wheel challenge. of challenges. The wheel of challenges last month. Yeah. So that was a neat little story behind that one. <laughs> Uh, I like it. Up, that is a very different type of cash. I like it. Yeah, yeah. The next up is a a challenge that is relatively common, but uh, I just liked it because the location added a twist. It is GC967RM uh, by Pre-Rules in Colorado, published 2021, so just published, so post-moratorium. This is just an elevation challenge. Okay. You have to have... 10 finds above 9,500 9, feet of elevation and 10 finds below 50 feet. It doesn't seem too hard, but it's very, in one sense, it's easy because it's in Colorado. Okay, and right. It's really high. But in another sense, it's really hard because it's in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and where did they hide this? So what's our terrain on the final? What do you have to do? Terrain is this is a Jesse four, it's approved? 
for terrain. So Jesse would <laughs> like this one. <laughs> it it looks like it's in a, a neighborhood. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looks like the, the, the terrain is a four. Oh, maybe it's Up a, a hill. Climb. Oh, it looks like there you go. Right a there. tree climb. Uh, uh, well, maybe just a difficult climb. There probably is a tree. Maybe they just maybe they haven't added the attribute. That looks like a tree. That really looks like a tree. Yes. And a four terrain, it's got to be a tree climb. Right, right. Unless it's just a really big hill and it's just hanging in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> it, it says, it says, diff, uh, no, it's that's a challenge. I'd say wheelchair, uh, stroller accessible. Stro <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Jesse, go find this for yeah. us. Tell us, tell us what this is. <laughs> oh, wait, Jinxer found it. Yes. Not a tree climb. Not a tree climb. Not a tree climb. Oh, right. Yep. Uh, her log, I think, is here. Yeah. Uh, the elevation the challenge of high elevation. Okay. Yeah. So that's another one that's very contextual. Another example of a mm -hmm. challenge that might be very different in Colorado than it is in some other sea level region. <laughs> right. Well, it sounds like you can easily do part of it in Colorado, but how much of Colorado is under 50 feet? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and for a fifth one, we have one from AWOL who has sent in a 366 calendar days, 10 fines per day challenge. Oh. GC3TH5K. Now, this one I liked. This is by Leopold22, published Premoratorium. Uh, in Washington. And this one I like because it is really just filling up your date found year grid. Um, but it's kind of another, uh, it's, it's a challenge that people like to do as a personal challenge as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at your stats, uh, there is your, um, your grid of dates found. Uh, let's see if I can load it up. Uh, and on that grid, the uh, the count changes the brightness of the squares. So it gets darker and darker the more that you found. And so a lot of people like to try to fill up those light colored dates and darken the grid. Right. <laughs> I, th I think I said it on a previous show, but I was when I, the day I did my 13 icons in a day, one of my friends told me she's trying to flip her grid. And I was like, excuse me, but she <laughs> was meaning flip them from the light green to the dark green, whatever that number yeah. was that, that flipped. Yeah. And I like that one because I, it, it's for 10. So the goal is to have 10 in every single date of your date found of your year grid. Yeah. Um, so initially it looks like, oh yeah, 366. I can, I got that. But do you have 10 on each day? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be consecutive. It's not 10 fines a day for 366 days. You can do it over any number of years. Right. But um, it was also recently pointed out to me that there is a slight difference where on the, on your official profile, your geocaching profile stats, this one doesn't change the color at 10. It's 11 oh. that moves it to the next color. Oh, so this specific challenge, <laughs> you might not be able to do vis no vi visually if you've met yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's now, a nice round Owen number. Owen from KC says some people call this the going green challenge. Yep. That makes sense. And yeah, and we've got, we've got some in our area that's like, do you like things getting dark? Basically call it darking, darkening up grids and mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, but yeah, so 
I thought this one was good because for, it's relevant for me because I started in February working on trying to fill each day up to at least 11. <laughs> there you so, go. You, you are going green. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year I'll qualify for this 10, right. 10 a day challenge. Um, so yeah, those were uh, some of the ones that stood out from everybody who has emailed in. Their, yeah, thanks uh, for sharing what you're up to. Challenges. And there's tons of them out there. I mean, if you qualify for it, and like we said, email in with the GC and uh, and anything else you want to share a story, um, and it may get highlighted on. Yeah. So episode. if you're finding more than one challenge a month, send them in to not only qualify, but for us to hear all the different types of challenges. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We we can't highlight them all, but we like to highlight ones that are are really unique to talk about. So tell us about all of the ones that you've completed. And so of all of the people who have sent in those qualifiers since the last show, so it requires having a find log on that challenge cache uh, be between the last show and the next one, mm -hmm. then uh, we choose from, uh, choose from those names randomly. And this month's random winner is... Butterfly Girl. Butterfly Girl. <laughs> Congratulations. So She's yep. here tonight uh, telling us that she's working on that uh, going green <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yep. That'll be good. Um, and so, yes, thank you for everybody who sent in uh, all of your challenges and we'll be in contact to, uh, to send you that brand new challenge talk geocoin. Love it. And it's one of many, every uh, podcast of the geocache talk network has its own geocoin now. So, can work on collecting the full set. <laughs> you can see my full set behind me. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one final thing that we like that I personally like to do is highlight um, my own challenge cache that Iron Man bingo challenge that uh, is still sitting there waiting for people to find because it's not an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bingo grid of it's a pre moratorium bingo grid of streak challenges requiring uh, any number of days of certain parameters, certain properties of caches. And the centerpiece is 100 consecutive days of geocaching. So it will take, if you want that center line, you need to cache for at least a hundred days. Um, there is one or two lines that are intentionally a little bit easier, but there is an extra challenge. This is one of those that, uh, like we were talking about before, having easy, medium, hard type mm -hmm. levels. I kind of designed this one to be like that. You can kind That's of choose. Cool. Yeah, choose how hard you want it to be. You can go for the easy line and qualify and then find it. Still not super easy, but there is a line that most people have completed mm -hmm. um, in order to qualify. But I've attempted to make it enticing for people to find uh, more. So we've got uh, shout outs to people who've completed um, things like the day. Uh, uh, shapes on the grid and full card and i'm throwing in that extra bonus for anybody who completes now for this for challenge talk uh for anybody who qualifies but for this cash don't have to find it but qualifies by completing the entire grid if you can fill that entire bingo grid then you will earn uh a geo coin that i will be minting for this challenge Nice. <laughs> and it's it's getting close. It's almost there. I'm aiming to do it this year. 
Um, oh, and so there's there hasn't been any update for that just yet. Nobody, I haven't seen any notes or uh, comments come in that they're working on it, but I know that a couple of people are. It might just take some time. Yes. Um, and there was a comment last month that I should make a little bit of a badge <laughs> for people. Yes, who right. Qualify. Yes. And I did whip up a little bit of a badge. Nothing super special just yet. I might change it, but uh, right now. Uh, let me load this in here. Hmm. I haven't added it to the listing yet, but yeah, yeah good. <laughs> and you know, that looks a lot like, like I've said, I see, I've seen a lot of badges, um, out of European countries and that's looks like exactly something I've seen on other people's profiles out of Europe. Yeah. And it's got the little green check for the, yes, for found it. Uh -huh. Yeah. And good. who knows? It might inspire the design of the geocoin. We'll see. <laughs> All right, good. But uh, I thought it was a neat idea, and I think it, it's kind of a neat idea for people who have potentially very difficult challenges to maybe add in that little bit of extra something to show on your profile once you mm -hmm. qualify. Mm -hmm. um, if I ever get that far, I will do that step as well. <laughs> uh, so are there any other... Yes, one last announcement. Kevin? Gary reminded us that Challenge Talk will be hosting Geocache Talk on March 13th. Yep, Saturday, day. March 13th. Day. And, and not unentirely relevant to Challenge Caches <laughs> or Challenges. <laughs> <laughs> so watch yeah, for that. So the, the, uh, the majority of the network will be at Texas Challenge that weekend. And so we'll be back in our studios and... Um, Seeing, seeing what's up that day. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think we are the only two people of the network who won't be there. Yes. <laughs> so Is this our consolation <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we host a show since we didn't get to be there? Oh, Gary clarified, it's going to be the Texas County Challenge, Texas County Challenge Finishers event. That's on March 13th, I guess, is what he's saying. It's a big event for Texas. And That's huge. And uh, <laughs> members of the network have achieved that challenge and are very proud of that achievement because that is a big, hard, committed challenge to achieve. Mm -hmm. So, yes, live from the challenge event. Thank you, Gary. Yep. Yep. We'll be sure to make sure we get some coverage. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. Uh, we'll be a part of it in some, will <laughs> some way. Good. So um, there's no show next month. Or wait, no, that's right. It's April 1st. <laughs> Our next show, the first Thursday of April, is April 1st. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that episode. And uh, as usual, our show notes will be posted shortly after the show for links and references and uh, all of that. If you're curious to know more um, and want to explore, then watch for that. Yeah, and go out there and hide challenge caches alongside me, and let's hear how it's gone for you. Yeah, yeah. By all means, if you are thinking about hiding a challenge cache, then uh, then this is an opportunity to test out what we've said. Um, and if you've got any, even any corrections, uh, questions, or information, mm -hmm. then we can we can add that into uh, next episode and whatnot. Yeah. So keep that in mind. And on that note. Thank you for watching and listening. And Good remember, night. it's not about the numbers. It's about challenge accepted. <laughs>
That's right. Thanks, everyone. Good night.